Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. So I commend you for your generosity last Sunday. And my message today is associated with that message. I'm keying off of that, of what Minister Jamie Paw, what he spoke to us in that message. I'm keying off of that. And you see the title there now, Seed In, Now What? You got to know what to do once you plant seed. You got to know what you're doing when you plant seed. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Um, and I trust that last Sunday was the start of something, not the end of something. Yeah, yeah. How many of you understand that generosity has to continue if you want blessings to continue? I have the word of God to back me up on this. Generosity for believers needs to become a lifestyle. 2 Corinthians, I'll go New Testament first and then go Old Testament. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Proverbs 11.25 puts it this way, a generous, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So if you need refreshing, find a way to refresh somebody else. If you need encouragement, encourage somebody else. If you're walking around and dealing with depression, go to somebody and encourage them. Think about something they did. Maybe somebody you know that did something or even just said something kind. We had, a, we had a waitress in, uh, I don't, it was over the last course of the last week. And uh, when she smiled, I thought, man, that is amazing. And I told her straight up, I said, you know, your smile blessed me. Thank you for your generosity and your smile. Made me feel better. So, it's a product of the scriptures. There's a, this is a simple, we, we fuss and, 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 and struggle over these issues of giving in the church. And when we hear preachers talk about this stuff, it's so practical and pervasive in the word of God, you can't bypass these truths, church. Both of those scriptures are, are aimed directly at finances. But as the evangelist Jamie Paul said last Sunday, this principle is really a heart issue and it affects every area of our lives. It's a heart issue. If you're not generous, it's a heart issue. If you struggle over being generous, it's a heart issue. If you're only able and you're only standing on the side of, I want you to hear me, I don't care how poor you are. If you only see yourself as being in position so that I can get stuff, you're always going to stay in that position. Until you figure out that you can be generous and not have a lot, it's connected to your heart. That's where the problem lies. And if you get that connection figured out, then you'll learn how to walk in some prosperity. You want to break the cycle of poverty in your own life? Become a generous person. This has nothing to do with how much you got. It has everything to do with what you do with what you've got. 
It's a heart issue. Now, the area that I'm going to focus on today is how to treat seed or gifts that you plant in ministry. Seed or gifts that you plant in ministry. That's what I'm really going to talk about today. Now, I want you to understand it's not just finances because you have gifts that are not financial. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you do know you're gifted. I'm just declaring the word of God. See, I just gave you a way that you can be generous to somebody because the word says everyone has something from God in their lives. If you're a believer, you got it. We're going to look at planting enough first. Your first question should be, did I plant enough seed? Did I plant enough seed? The answer is, what do I want or intend to harvest? So you're asking the question, did I plant enough seed? Your answer is, what do I intend to harvest? I'm asking you to think practically now. How many of you in this place are not gardeners or have never farmed? Lift your hands up. I'm not a gardener and I have never farmed. See, I, I'm helping. You're about to learn something. In spite of what, uh, you know, they're giving Mike Bloomberg a hard time <laughs> the last couple of weeks over his words to farmers and, and such, you're going to learn something in church today about planting seed. A farmer or gardener always looks to the expected harvest capacity to determine his seed sowing. Three great words. Expected. Anybody that's expecting something has faith. Expected harvest capacity. You're not only operating in faith with expectation, you know that a harvest is on its way. And so your expected harvest capacity is based on the seed you sow. If I put one tomato seed in the soil, at best I'm getting five or six, maybe eight, unless it's a, one of those um, tomato, what are, the, what are the little ones? Cherry tomatoes, great, great tomatoes. You know, you're getting, you, yeah, well, they call them grape too. Unless you're planting one of those, you can expect a hundredfold return. One of those little cherry tomato plants. But if I'm planting a beefsteak tomato seed, I'm going to be lucky to get five or six of them. And of those, one or two of them are going to be those really giant ones that you love. If you love tomatoes. Expected harvest capacity. A secondary question is, did the planting cost me anything? Secondary question, did the planting cost me anything? You know what this is based on, right? You remember King David in the Old Testament when he said, look, I'm not going to give anything to God that doesn't come from me doesn't cost me anything. I, I appreciate your generosity in wanting, allowing me this in usage and stuff. No, I'm paying for it, bro, because I'm expecting my blessing to come from God. Always connect your blessing to God. Always. You've got to learn how to apply this principle to how you operate in the kingdom of God. If you didn't feel its loss or any pain in the sowing, then it probably wasn't enough. Uh-oh. Yeah, I said it. 
If you didn't feel any pain, if you didn't, when you gave it, you weren't thinking, how am I going to get through this week? I don't even know if I can buy the groceries. I, you know, we're on the front end of the month. This is the first day of the month, and here he is. I got to make it through March 31. How am I going to do that? If it didn't hurt it any, any, you probably didn't give enough. Why do I say that? Because there's some dying that takes place in the planting of a seed. You're pouring out one thing in expectation of a return on the other end. Nobody plants seed. Listen to me, church. I am a gardener, and I have worked in the farming community with orange groves in, in Florida. So this is an area that I'm keenly connected with. My dad made us garden down in Florida in all of my early years. Big old garden. And, and we just had to... And I grew up and I thought, I hated it when I was a kid. I hated it. And now I do it. Nobody's making me do it. There's some dying that takes place in the planting of a seed. A seed goes in the ground in one form, but it changes. There's a transformation that takes place. And it requires its form to die in order to bring life. Listen to what the scripture says in John 14 or 12, 24. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of weed is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels. Its death will produce. Its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Now, you know this is a reference to Jesus, right? Right, because Jesus was planted in the earth. And look at the kernels that have come out of that. We're, we're at 2 billion plus based on the work of Jesus. Talk about good seed, good soil, and a good return on that seed. That's Jesus. Nobody tops Jesus. And that's a reference to this. But the principle is the same in every area of our lives principle of sowing and reaping and so here's how it works church the uh, effort you put into the sowing of the seed is directly and proportionally related to the returns the effort you put into the sowing of the seed is directly and proportionally related to the returns. If I put more seed in the ground, I'll get more returns. It's that simple. And remember, remember, this isn't based on how much you have, it's how much you give. Are you listening to me? Come on, poke your neighbor, say, listen up. No, listen up, you, you, you've got to get this. You can't expect more out of your puny, stingy planting. You can't plant, expect more. You put down one seed, you get four or five tomatoes. Put down 18 seeds, and now your returns are huge. He's using a kernel of wheat. You can put one, one wheat seed down in the ground and every one of those seeds will produce 24 or more kernels. 24 or more. And then you go to corn. Think about corn. Some of you are thinking about eating right now, aren't you? <laughs> So you got to take care of your take care of your seed. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, look, look. This planting of seed 
and sowing of seed is directly and proportionally. What do I mean by that? It's, it's related to our heart and how we think regarding the planting of the seed. I'm asking you today to change the way you think about your giving. Seriously, I want you to change the way you think about giving in the ministry of the church. Change it. Change it. Don't, even those of you that are good and you've done it for years, because we can fall into a rut. We just tithe our tithe and move on. You know, I mean, if, if you've been walking with the Lord a little while, I have my tithes. I, it comes right off the top of our budget. We don't even think about it. There's no debate. There's no questions on it. You just do it. I'm asking you to start thinking differently now. When you give to any specific ministry, seriously, some of you did that last Sunday. You did it last Sunday. You thought about before you came up and put cash in our hands. You thought about it. And I want you to start thinking about it. I'm planting seed right now. I am literally planting seed. Not right now in this particular moment, but, but I'm planting seed right now. And I'm thinking about the seed that I'm planting. And I want you to begin to think about the seeds you plant when it comes to the work of ministry. Think about it. Uh, it. It is proportionally related to the amount. It, it affects us. It, all right, listen to me, please. Pay, pay close attention. It is proportionally related to the amount it affects us physically, financially, even emotionally. And do not fail to remember the spiritual dynamic. This is a spiritual principle, and that's why I'm asking you to tie into it today. It matters. This, you see, is the lens God looks through. Proportionally, what are you sowing? What are you putting in the ground? How generous are you with your gifts, with your talents, with what God has given you? How generous are you with that? If you're withholding, little returns. If you're generous, I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about every way in your life that you can give. So let's talk about seed care, though. Because you've got to learn how to take care of the seeds. So soil preparation is a part of every farmer's plan. Soil preparation. Hear those words. You're learning something in church today. I told you you was going to learn something. Soil preparation is a part of every farmer's plans. You drive anywhere and get just outside of this city, you're going to see farmland. Those farmers are prepping their soil. Some of you may li be living near some fields or drive by them, and you know what's happening. They're putting some of that nasty stuff that stinks on those fields now. That's soil preparation. That's a type of fertilizer. And yeah, it stinks because it comes from things that stink. But it's soil preparation. They're thinking about it. They're preparing the soil. Some of them, in a short time, will begin to till that soil. They'll begin to break up the fallow ground. You've got to prepare the soil before you do the planting. Knowing where you are planting your seed is important. Wow. Knowing where you're planting your seed is important. Does it have enough sunlight where I'm planting. Gardeners think about this. Farmers, well, they're fields, so they don't think about it as much. But those of us who have to garden in a small area, we're thinking about where we're planting. Remember the parable of the seed sower in Matthew chapter 13? If you scatter that seed on the rocky soil, what happens? If you scatter that seed among the thorns and the thistles, what happens? See, when you sow your seed, you need to think about the soil that you're sowing it in. And now here's where it comes back around to you. Because now, up to this time, you've been thinking about, well, I don't, I don't know about those people. Are they good? Can I plant my seed in that soil? Well, hopefully by now you do know that. But... It's going to come right back to you. Here it is. 
What have you done to cultivate the soil of the church or ministry you're planting your seed in? What have you done to cultivate the soil of the church or ministry you're planting your seed in? Man, you thought only evangelists and television people talk this kind of talk. Ah, you've got to got to learn this principle for your life, folks. It'd be wrong of me not to teach you this stuff. It's so pervasive in the word. Evangelist Jamie said last week, God talked, the Lord himself talked more about money and giving than he did any other single subject. Heaven and hell combined. He talked more about giving and sowing seed and and giving financially, your wallet, and your effects of your money on you. What have you done to cultivate the soil of the church or ministry you're planting your seed in? I make it my business to, to prep the soil where I'm planting my garden. I'm com composting. I've been composting for about 12 years now. Composting. And I compost all year long for what's going to happen in April in my calendar. I'm going to throw that compost on where my garden's going to go because I'm prepping the soil for the seed I will plant later. Are you thinking about the soil in which you're planting your seed? I'll be putting some lime down this year. Get the pH levels right. And you don't have to know what that means or why that matters, but, but you, you understand, my, I'm teaching you a principle. I'm thinking about the soil into which I will plant seed this year in just a month or two. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about what my expected harvest capacity is. I don't want just a tomato. I want a tomato that's that big. I'm thinking about it now. You not only have to prepare the soil, you got to water the seed. The seed's in the ground, it's dying. It's changing its, its mode. What can you do to make your seed grow better where you plant it? Look at your neighbor right now. Say, He's talking to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, 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 I am. Every single one of you can do something for the soil, what's the soil? The soil is the church or the ministry. Every single one of you can do something to prepare the soil or the ministry so that it is at its best capacity. I, I consider tithing soil preparation. I, I consider tithing that. It, it's sort of automatic. It should just be you do it because it's God's money. I know, I know that's tough for somebody, but it's, everything's God's. He's just giving you a stewardship over it. Everything you get, you got to learn, start thinking differently about it. And, you know, I, I've, said, I've said to the Lord, I had an old Jeep one time it was having some troubles. And I said, Lord, you know, that Jeep is yours. So if you want to take it back, go right ahead. I've had my turn with it, but it's yours to begin with. So if it's going down, it's going down. That's on you, Lord. If, but I have to understand that what I have is not mine. It's the Lord. So I look at tithing differently than I'm what I'm talking about in planting seed. I look at tithing just as I'm preparing the soil. I'm laying the groundwork. It's the framework. 
When I talk about seed, I'm talking about above and beyond my tithes. Now, I want you to understand that. But if you haven't got into and haven't figured out the whole tithing principle, do that first. Just do it. Just get it out of the way. Start biting the bullet. Try God on that. Really. If you're not doing it, try it. Seriously. Just lop off 10% of whatever you get in a week, even before Uncle Sam. If you want to go be really blessed, even before what Uncle Sam gets, lop off 10% and give it to the Lord and watch what he does. I can say that with that kind of courage and that kind of outright, out-in-your-face stuff, talk because we've done it, and I've watched God take care of us every time. And then bless us beyond that. That was last weekend for us. Do you want to know something? Seriously, seriously, I, I was sowing seed way before last Sunday. So while I was extremely blessed, never shocked, because I already sowed the seed. I already sowed the seed. God just proved himself to me. What can you do to make your seed grow better where you plant it? How is Holy Spirit instructing you to care for your seed? Coming back around to you. How is Holy Spirit instructing you to care for your seed? Your seed matters. Take care of it. All right, I'm asking you guys to to brighten your minds, to open your minds. I'm asking you to think a little hard for a Sunday now afternoon. I'm asking you to think a little harder, but I want you to seriously do this. Consider the seed. Consider the soil. Consider what I'm doing in my church to make my church better so that when I plant my seed, it has greater potential. What are you doing to make it better? I'm going to get around to stepping on a few toes here in a minute. People are quick to criticize what doesn't look right to them in the church. So I'll say it outright. I'll get it out of the way just so you know. And I know this makes a few of you afraid to say anything to me on this, uh, this account, but it, you might as well know it because it's how I think and feel. If you're going to come to me and criticize something that you think we're not doing right, you better come with two or three ideas on how we can do it better. Don't just tell me your criticisms if you don't have a solution. You don't have to tell me everything that's wrong in the church. I know a hundred other things that you don't know that's wrong in the church. So I don't need to know the new thing that you think you just discovered. Like Holy Spirit revealed it to you. Thank you, Pastor Mackay. She cleared that one up over there. It's a spirit, all right. A spirit. Help us find solution. What I'm talking about is soil care and preparation and watering seed. That's you doing your part to make it better. Your seed matters. Take care of it. It's not an invitation for you to micromanage our ministries. Let's move on to plant care. Once your plants are up, the work is far from done. Right? It's not like when I do finally get the tomato plants cut. In the first few weeks, everything looks good. The weeds haven't even come back in yet. First few weeks, you got these nice tomatoes coming up and whatever else I'm planting or you're planting the peas. You know, you can plant your pea seeds here in, the, in about a month. You can plant peas. I, I know, I'm, I'm taking way too much time talking about gardening today. But you can do that, and, and, and on the early days, everything looks great. But come July, 
It may not be looking so great because weeds have all come up. If you're not taking care of it daily, you got to do daily plant care. you got to fertilize like a farmer fertilizes his crops. So we must activate the best gifts of God to produce the greatest harvest. I'm going to let that settle right in. All of you that know that was good stuff, turn to your neighbor and say, man, that was good stuff. That preacher's on point today. He's working the word. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 puts it this way, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. What's the most helpful gift? It's the gift that's necessary at the time. So like a farmer fertilizes his crops, so we must activate. That means you engage in the process. We must activate the best gifts of God to produce the greatest harvest. Remember, I'm planting seed, but my eye's on a tomato. Not just any tomato. And I don't just want one of them. I want eight of them. So my eye is on the finish. What is my expected harvest potential? So I have to activate. Look, I'm asking you to think beyond just the words that I'm saying. I'm asking you to think about your church life and ministry. What are you doing to activate the best gifts of God in your own life so that the potential harvest increases? Do you know that you are living in the time, this is good stuff, that the harvest is accelerating? You could have been born at any time in history, but God, God chose that you would be born now. I'm going to give it to you from the word. This is a prophecy from Joel that Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Now think about, think about the setting. Like soil that's prepared, think about the setting. When Peter said these words, he, it was the prophecy of Joel. And Peter stands up on that day, and this is part of his preaching message. In the last days, Turn to your neighbor right now say, you're in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, your people. I wasn't confused before this moment, Pastor. Anyway. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. They will prophesy. And, listen, listen, this is good stuff, good stuff. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below. You're living in those days. That is right now. God has made it possible by the sending of Holy Spirit to do dynamic works on his behalf, thus causing the fruit of our ministries to prosper. Man, that's so good. God has made it possible to do dynamic works. I'm tired of the plain Jane. I want God to do some dynamic works. He's made it possible via his sending of Holy Spirit to each of us, thus causing the fruit of our ministries to prosper. So let's accelerate the harvest, thus making our financial seed of greater value. 
I'm speaking of value in God's eyes. Remember, this is, this is all related to seed and plant care. It's all related to seed and plant care. But I'm talking to you about what you give to the Lord. Right here and right now. In Matthew 13, Jesus talks about seeds, plants, and harvest three times. In Matthew chapter 13, there are six parables, six parables, and three of them involve seeds, plants, and harvest. Three of the six parables. And in that, he's, he's indicating to us we have to be aware of a harvest that's out there. In this case, it's a harvest of souls. And I want you to understand something. Your financial seed into this ministry is directly connected to our ability to bring in the harvest of souls. Directly connected. Come on up, Minister Nicholas Zayner. I want everybody that went out with him on yesterday to stand up that's in this service. Everybody that went out yesterday with him, stand up. Look at the, these are harvesters. Amen. You're looking at harvesters right now. Amen. May have never been out in a garden or never out in the field, but you're looking at harvesters, the most important kind right now. Y'all can be seated. Tell them the story. Amen. Yes. So we went out to, into God's harvest, which is the world. And we preached the gospel. These people and some others who weren't, aren't here, they went out with us as well. We had 11 total. And we saw 36 people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It was amazing. Many lives were touched. And like pastor's been saying, this is the harvest that we're reaping. Jesus died so that people would be saved. So we're going out and giving them an opportunity to accept Jesus. And then that we are reaping the harvest for God. Amen? Amen. So it's just amazing. Praise the Lord. Amen. We got a dynamic team. Sister Joanne sitting back there. She's waiting. She's raring to go. We're going to take this territory, aren't we, sister? We're going to take this territory. We are going to be the greatest impact church in the Lehigh Valley. And because we're making disciples, the returns continue to multiply. We're making disciples. We're not just getting people saved. We're making disciples. Let's talk about expectation. Let me close it out with expectation. All right. I'm sorry. I should have pushed that a moment ago. Give you guys a second. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Lives are in jeopardy. Do, 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 do. Okay, that was funny to two of us, apparently. <laughs> Expectation. I got to close it out. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 62, verse 5. I bet you didn't even know this scripture was here. My soul waits silently for God alone. My soul waits silently for God alone. Silently for God alone. For my expectation is from Him. I'm asking you to think about your seed differently. I'm asking you to put expectation on your seed. Hear those words. It was almost the title. Put expectation on your seed. Don't just throw your money in the basket. In a moment, you're going to have the opportunity to give today. Don't just throw your money in the basket. Put expectation on your seed. No farmer plants a seed without expectation. Why should you be any different when Jesus himself gave us parable after parable of sowing seed and reaping a harvest? He speaks of lives as if they were the harvest 
field, and he says the fields are ripe. They are ready to be harvested. We just need workers. And so I'm asking you to put expectation on every seed you sow. And remember, I'm not talking about how much you sow except proportionally. Or is it big to you? Because what's big to you may not be big to me. And what's big to me is not big to a few people in the church. But God looks at all of us through the same lens. A lens of how do I, he, does he measure your generosity? In God's economy, this is so good. A great place to close this message. In God's economy, every life you sow into has eternal value, thus the returns are eternal. Every life you sow into. This is God's economy. Every life, every one of us are living for eternity. So every one of us have eternal value, thus the returns are eternal. What does that mean? Everyone who sowed into my life is connected to every soul that comes into the kingdom because I was a part of it. Y'all don't know Brother Corbett. Y'all don't know him. He doesn't even know I'm a preacher. Because he died before I went to Bible college. But that didn't stop that old guy from driving his 32 Ford up to my house. And I was about nine years old. That car, the back seat was so big I could stand on the floorboard and my head didn't touch the top. Some way, size they made cars. And, and they didn't have seat belts. And, and I'm sure it didn't weigh enough to qualify to be out of a child's care chair at that point but they were made out of enough steel. <laughs> I was safe. My point in, with you in saying that is that every soul that comes into the kingdom because of my ministry is directly connected to Brother Corbett. You don't know him. God does. And he cared enough about me and my eternal life to stop at my house. He'd come by on his own time on a Saturday afternoon. He'd say, hey, I'll be by here about 9, nine o'clock tomorrow morning, get you for Sunday school. And I couldn't say no to him. I couldn't say no. He wouldn't take no. He was a salesman in his approach, and it was like, I'll, I'll be by here. He didn't even ask if I could. He just said, I'll be by here, pick you up tomorrow morning. You and your brother, y'all come to Sunday school. Every soul comes into the kingdom. Myself, Pastor Mackay, handful of others, Trinidad's, every one of those, every one of those young people down in RBI right now. If they win three billion people to Jesus Christ, you're connected to it. You're connected to it. I know I've sown into that gal's life right down there. She's believing God for a million souls before he returns. I'm connected to that. I'm sowing into her life. I've been sowing into her life, but I continue to sow into her life. That's what I'm talking about today. The ripe fields are ever before us with unimaginable potential. They're right before us. And I want you to think about this, connecting with what I just said about myself. It was personal in that moment, but I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about the well done the Sunday school teacher got that was Billy Graham's Sunday school teacher. Yeah, yeah. Think about that for a moment. He arrives in heaven, and he's like, and, and you know, the angels are dancing. Dude, do you know what you did? And he didn't. But he got connected to sowing seed in the right lives. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to think about your seed in a whole different manner. You help us to reach lost souls. Yeah, Justin, it was Peter that said that. Dude, did you know what you did? 
That was, that was Peter. He would do that. Now, maybe it was James, Jesus' brother, because what would James do, you know? He wouldn't do what Jesus did. He would do what James did. Dude! No, anyway, I, I digress. Sow your seeds with great expectation. That's giving financially. Every time you give something here financially, in a moment when you give, I want you to give understanding that I'm sowing for eternity right now. What I do, I want to do my best for God because that makes a difference. And do it with expectation. You're giving your best. Listen, Hebrews 11.6 says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. What is faith except expectation? Bad choice of words, but y'all don't care. It's impossible to please God without faith. And faith is just expectation. That's all it is. I sow my seed. I have an expected harvest. I'm not just giving. I'm giving with expectation. I'm not ashamed to say that to you or to God. He's the one that designed the principle. And why talk about it throughout the word if it wasn't his intent for us to know it? All old, all New Testament, front to back, old, new, both. You get it. Sowing seed. Generosity brings generosity. Stinginess brings stinginess. You want more from God? Expect more, sow greater seed. When a gardener or farmer plants seeds, they place great, great expectation on that seed. They have expectancy placed on that seed. When you give to this ministry, you should expect a great return. We're doing everything in our power uh, to make things right in this ministry, and we have expectancy on it. Now listen, listen, I want you to understand something. You, you may have caught tinges of this throughout the message, or you may be locked in on one aspect, but I want you to catch this in the final moments of this message. When you give to this ministry, you should expect a great return, but leave the type and manner of return to the mystery, the majesty, and the miraculous hand of God who can only be faithful. What I'm saying to you when I say that is God is first and always faithful. He cannot be unfaithful. It's not in his capacity to be unfaithful. He cannot be unfaithful. So what does that mean? That means that he's going to honor his word always. And I don't care if I get back money because I put in money, what I care about is souls and lives transformed. So if, if my family gets right with God, I don't care if I die poor if they're right with God. So understand the principle. Now, I, I want you to know something. I'm not going to die poor. It's not going to happen because of what I, and the expectation I put on the seed that I sow. But I want you to understand it's greater than just money. Get your head out of money. It's a heart issue. Always a heart issue. You get that right and you'll learn how to be generous. And watch God do his returns. Does that mean I don't have to give money, preacher? Your money is connected to your heart bigger than most anything else in your life. You, you can't get away from that. So it has to be, include money. It has to. And it's everyone's job to engage in the process of sowing seed. Doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old. As soon as I got saved... Soon as I got saved, and my first job, first time I earned anything, I, I've said it before from this pulpit. I picked oranges. I don't know how old I was. I think it was 12. I picked oranges, and my income for that week was $9.61. And I probably knowing the way I was at that time, I probably gave God nine dollars and 
I, I, excuse me, I gave him 91 cent. Maybe upped it to 92. I started tithing from the time of 12 years old. Sow and see. This is a principle that you've got to get a hold of. It's connected to your heart. Would you stand to your feet? We already had an altar time. We already had people come to know Jesus. I'm going to remind you at this moment, John and Maria, y'all are coming up here to the front to my left. If you raised your hand earlier before we took communion and you asked Jesus to come into your heart, please don't leave this place without talking to John and Maria. I know it's late. I know I've kept you long. I apologize for that, but I had to get through the Word of God and I want you to understand these principles and truths if I'm going to see a change in your life. And so I've asked you to stand, and I told you that we would wait for this moment, that you'll have an opportunity to sow your seed today. And I want you to think differently, and it's the reason we waited to the end of the service for you to do this so that you would think differently today when you give. And now everyone is getting up and coming to the front today except if, and if only you are sick and unable to walk because I want you to get engaged in the process of giving seed. So we're going to do it the same way we do always, but if you, take, if you do this, grab your purse, grab your stuff, and you just walk by, plant your seed, and then walk out. You're free to go. God bless the seed as people give today. Bless them as they participate in this offering, Lord, I ask you to honor them as they give to you and to your kingdom in Jesus' name. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website www.centralfamily.net or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.